right at the top of your notes, do you know him? Do you know him? Top of your notes. You with me? Do you know him? Go to Matthew 16, 13 through 19. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. He's been with them three or so years, but he's never revealed to them who he is. We're teaching a sermon series so that you can know who God is. But today, I want to reach out to those of you who say in this room, I know him, Pastor. I know him. I know him. So Jesus said these words when he came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples. And this is his question. His first question is, who do men say that I am? In other words, those who have not been with me, who do they say I am? And they told him what they're saying out there is that you are simply one of the prophets. Some say you're Elijah. Some say you're Jeremiah. And some say you're a prophet. They put him in the prophet realm. The prophets are those who would camp, come and speak the truth as they saw it, but eventually they die. But at the end of the day, Jesus wants to point out something to them. And he asked them, he says, now, they've not been with me, so who do you say I am? You've been with me three years. Who do you, who do you say I am? You've been with me. They didn't know because he had not told them. So Peter speaks up out of Revelation. Watch what Peter says. Peter says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. That statement, that statement in, in, the, in the Judeo language is an amazing statement because Jesus said to him, he answered and said unto him, blessed are you, write that down, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. I didn't tell you. God had to tell you who I am. Now, this Christ that he is talking about here, when he says you are the Christ, Christ means the anointed, the anointed, the anointing, and the promised king. In that word Christ, Peter had a revelation that you're the anointed with the anointing and you were anointed to become the coming king. That was prophesied. So Jesus now recognizes in Peter that Peter had a revelation. Say a revelation. A revelation. Here's what you need to understand. Most people get Jesus all wrong. They think he's a prophet. They just think he hung out and now his words are good. Right? His words are good. Now, but Peter understand that there was a revelation that was revealed. It was a revelation that was uncovered that Jesus was not a prophet at all. He was the promised king from Genesis 3, from, from Jeremiah, from all the books of the Bible, Jesus was prophesied. So he says, you're the one that we were promised in the word, in the Pentateuch, and in everything. You're the Christ. Now, here's the point I want to make to you right now. God blesses you according to your revelation of him. We're teaching the sermon series so that you can know him. Because according to how you know him, he said, Peter, you're blessed. Why was he blessed? Because he had a revelation of who God was. Ask your neighbor, do you know him? This revelation in your heart, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who God tells you he is. Josh said, at the end of the day, what matters is what you say back to him. It matters how you see him. My prayer is that you get a revelation. Can I move on? So here's what you need to understand. We're going to use Daniel for a few minutes. Daniel 
Daniel, and my, my second point is, knowing God is everything. Knowing him is everything. His character, who he is, how he operates. Daniel 11.32 says these words. Those who do wickedly against the covenant shall corrupt, shall corrupt with flattery. Read the last part of the verse. But the people who know their God, read it loud. The people who Listen, it's the people who know God who become strong. And the Bible says they do exploits. In other words, this is what that statement is saying. Those who have a revelation of God become resilient and act with effect. Those who know God, those who know God, those who have a revelation of who he is, they act with effect. They're strong. They're resilient. They use their faith. Some of the stuff we're working on right now, I understand it's impossibility. I understand it's, in, it's impossibility. I understand when God says something to you and you're like, that is almost impossible. But you have to understand for those who know God, you get used to living in that airspace. You've got to get comfortable in the space with God. God doesn't breathe your air. The Bible says, and they keep telling me this, and it's, I struggle with it. I struggle with it all the time. I'm reminded when I tell the wrong person what God told me. When I tell the wrong person what God told me, Martin, be humble. Martin, God's ways are higher than your ways. Martin, God's thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So when they finish, I ask, how am I supposed to feel about what you said? Martin, some stuff in your head God may not plan to do. His thoughts are higher than yours. His ways are higher than yours. So I answer back by saying, does it say at the end of that that I can't know his ways? God is not saying to you, my ways are higher so you can't know them. He's not saying my thoughts are higher, but you can't know what I'm thinking. He wants you to know what he's thinking. By the way, you are him. You're like him. You come out of him. You have his spirit inside you. Am I making sense? So now watch this now. Watch this now. Daniel and his three boys, they called the Hebrew boys, but these are straight up men's right here. These ain't boys. Daniel's name is changed to Belshazzar. We call them uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. No, those are Chaldean names. Their real names were Mishael, Hananiah, and, Mish and, and uh, Azariah. These are God names. And their names were changed when they went into bondage because all of your names have God in them. So taking out your name that has God in it that was supposed to keep them from remembering God. But none of the boys forgot God. Watch this now. Say, it's important to know him. It's important to know him. So watch this. In Daniel 6, 1 through 3. And I'm going to read the third verse just to make this short. No, I'm going to go up and give you a little bit up top. It says that it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom uh, 120 satraps, governors, and of the whole kingdom and over all these places he's had governors and now he put Daniel in charge of everybody 
Daniel, the boy who came from Jerusalem in bondage to Babylon, is now in charge of everything. Watch this. And some of you are going to be elevated in such a way where you work and what you do. At such high levels, your influence is going to be known. Your power, your wisdom, they won't have a choice but to give it to you. Now, if this was AWC, we back now. You got to get excited for like two seconds when I say stuff like that. Okay. Verse three. Then this Daniel, he did what? He distinguished himself above the governors and the satraps. Why? Because an excellent spirit, Pastor Nell said a bit ago, an excellent spirit was where? An excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought of setting him over the whole kingdom. Now, this word spirit here is not capitalized. This isn't, this isn't the, uh, the Holy Spirit. This is the mindset that Daniel had. It's not capitalized. Just like, uh, just like in the Bible, just like in the Bible when it says that, uh, that it says, uh, who was he again? Caleb, when he was 80 years old, he said to Joshua, give me my mountain. And the Bible said there was a different spirit, little s, little s in, in Caleb. Here's what it means. This spirit is an attitude. It is a view of the world through the lens of who, how big God is. So he had a different spirit. He had a different look, a different view of the world, not through himself, but through who God was to him. That view changes everything in your life. Does that make sense? Watch this, the 13th verse. The 13th verse. So they answered and said to the king, here's what happened. Here's what happened. It so happened that that when you know God, you got to look for two things to happen in your life. You hearing me? When you know God, you got to look for two things to happen because they're both going to happen. The first thing that's going to happen is that you're going to be promoted. You're going to be promoted if you know God. Doors will open if you know God. Higher levels will open if you know. It don't matter if you got a degree. It ain't got nothing to do with that. It don't have to do with what you came through, what happened, what you did. None of that. But if you know God, you're going to be promoted. No one's going to be able to keep it from you. But the second thing that's going to happen when you're promoted, like Daniel, you're going to be scrutinized. People will judge your motive, who you are and why you're doing it. I don't like to talk about me a whole lot, especially lately. Because I get it every day. I get it from people who I thought knew me. And what they say has never been who I was. And it's not who I am. But I understand promotion. You can't pay off your house and everybody still like you. You cannot go to the next level and people stay at the lower level. They won't come with you. They're not supposed to come. They can't breathe up there. How are you dealing with all this, Martin? Now that I know and I see what's right, what's right, how are you dealing with all this? How are you dealing with that over there? Dealing with this over here? Dealing with that? I say, I don't deal with nothing. I know God. I mean, I know him. Do you know him? Okay, so, yeah, hold up, Martin. 
So now Daniel now, Daniel now, he he is uh, he been praying three times a day, every day, every day. He opens up his window to the east to Jerusalem in front of everybody, falls on his knees and said, God, you're the God of heaven and earth. And I might be in this place, but I don't have to be this place. <laughs> I might be in Babylon, but I don't have to smell like Babylon. If I'm here, if I'm here, stop griping. Okay, no, no, no. If I'm here, it means I'm supposed to be here. He stopped griping. He's praying. So now they say, he, we need to make a rule. Everybody needs to pray. We're going to add a fruit, a loop, a, 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 a tambourine, and a horn. And once, once they do all these five things, everybody needs to do something. They need to first stand up. Then they need to kneel down. Then they need to roll over. Then they need to say, great is the king. They said, Daniel's not doing that. And you got him in charge of your whole kingdom. This is not going to work. So when Daniel heard about the new edict, guess what Daniel did? He went to his east window, opened the window, fell on his knees and said, God, you're the God of heaven and earth. I don't know what they're doing. I'm not sure what's happening. And he, and listen, listen to what Daniel said. Daniel said, I can't eat that crap. I'm no, I'm sorry. I can't eat that food. Sorry, Olive. Okay. I can't eat. That's junk y'all eating. He said, I can't eat that food. He said, I can't defile myself. You may have named me Belteshazzar, but my name is still God is king. Daniel. So now he's being brought before them. Listen to what Daniel does. Lord have mercy. Then Daniel distinguished himself with verse 13. It says, so they answered and said to the king, that Daniel who is one of your, one of the captives of Judah, he does not show due regard for you. O king, or for the decree that you signed, but makes his petition three times a day. Three times a day, he's ignoring you. He's setting up his heart to serve God. I want you to write this down. Daniel was scrutinized because he loved God. He knew God. And you're always going to be scrutinized when you know God. Because now you're operating outside of your five senses. You're operating outside of what could be. You can never get that position. Well, if God told me it's mine, I will get the position. I don't have to fight you. I don't have to fight anyone. All I have to do is stay in my place. The position's mine. The opportunity is mine because of God. Now, now, now watch this now. He's promoted, but he's also scrutinized. Let me, let me go ahead. My fourth point is this. Everybody knows it when you know God, even if they're not serving him. Say it with me. Everybody knows if you're serving God. I don't tell this story often, but I tried to sin. I really did. The church boy went to the club. He went to the club, he went to the club, he went to the, he went to the club. I made it to about three clubs in my whole life. I went. I was trying to say I'm a sinner. I'm up in here. Every time I went to the club, no internet, no Facebook, no, what was that thing, MySpace. Eventually someone would come up to me and say, you don't belong here, do you? You've never done this before, have you? Yes, I have then why are you drinking soda? <laughs> well, I don't have money, so I'm drinking soda. A girl asked me, would you buy me a drink? I said, buy you a what? 
Is that what they do in here? They buy people drinks? I said, no, I, I can't buy you no drink. I don't have any money to buy a drink. She says, what are you doing up in here? I said, you know, we go, you know. Finally, a friend told me, he says, you need to stop coming to the club. And I said, since you'll be honest with me, tell me why. He said, you mess it all up for us. You don't know how to dance. You don't want to have sex with no girls. And we get drunk, and as soon as we come back to the table, we lose our high. <laughs> I said, okay, I tried. God, help me understand. Listen, boy, you were born for this and for me. Stop trying all this other stuff. You need to really understand why you're still here. You're here to serve me. You are different. And drinking alcohol is not going to help you through your, your temporary depression. He said, you need the Holy Ghost. You need me living inside you. This is the only way you're going to come through this. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Watch what this says. So the king gave a command and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Listen to what the king said. Read it out loud. But the king spoke, read it out loud, saying to Daniel, what did he say? Your God, who you serve continually. The king ain't serving God. He said, go on in there, Daniel. <laughs> I've seen your God deliver you. I've seen your God help you. I've seen your God open doors for you. People, others can tell that you know God. They put the stone in front of it, front of its mouth. They sealed it. The, the king sealed it with his signet ring. That the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. But here's what happened. Now the king went to his palace and he spent the night fasting. This ain't no fasting king. He couldn't eat. And no musicians were brought before him. Also, his sleep went from him. Then the king rose early the next morning and went in haste to the den of lions. And when he came to the den of lions, he cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke, saying to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Listen to what Daniel says. Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. In other words, he's like, O king, this had nothing to do with you. I told you my God had nothing to do with you. He says, I don't know you as king. I know him as king. Don't you ever make trouble in your life the king. Don't you ever make what you're going through the king in your life. Don't you ever talk to your life about what's happening because it has nothing to do with God. Once you know God, it changes everything about how you respond to pressure. Once you understand God, it changes how you react to what's happening around you. He says, oh king, God ain't got no problem with you. 
God has no problem with you. Listen to what he said. Listen to what he said. Oh, king, live forever. Let me tell you what happened. Read it. God sent his angels. God sent his angels. Now you're trying to tell me, you're trying to tell me that with eight billion people on the planet, God knows you're in a little den with a few lions. With eight billion people on the planet, God knows exactly where you are, what you're dealing with, and now he can shut the mouth of anything trying to devour you. Ask your neighbor, do you know him though? Do you know him though? Do you know him? I'm not asking you if you're saved or going to heaven. I'm not asking you if you can do a bunch of Hail Marys. I'm not asking you if you can dance. I'm asking you, do you know God? Do you know him? Do you know him intimately? Because once you know him intimately, you stop sniveling. You stop feeling sorry for yourself. Nobody who knows God feels sorry for themselves. Come on, Jesus, and help me. How you don't know God? You don't know God if you're calling him to come. You can't call him to come. He is everywhere all the time. And he'll give you a lion's den just to see if you know him. Just to see how you feel about him. Just to see if you believe in him. Just to see if it's really down in your soul. Say, it's in my soul, pastor. It's in my soul, pastor. It's in my soul. It's in my mind, my will, my decision-making properties. I can cognitively understand that there is a God. Trillions of planets. Trillions of planets out there. The universe is expanding at the speed of light in every direction. And they keep talking about dark matter. I said, that's God right there. God, dark matter. We don't know what it is. We don't know where it comes from. We just know it sucks up everything. It does everything. It manages everything. We try to go in it, but we can't find it to go in it. It's just like controlling. And this whole thing, we found out we'll never go to the end of the universe. We'll never figure it out. It's moving in every direction. We'll never see it. I said, this is a God. This is a God. This is the God that's saying, I created all of that, and now I see you. I see you right there where you're at. Lions den, lions don't mean nothing to God. Shout with me, angels or lions? Come on, angels or lions? Which one's going to win every time? Which one's going to win every time? The angel assigned to you is not just to get, keep the lions from eating you, but the angels assigned to you lead you to promotion. The angels that are assigned to you lead you to relationships. The angels that are assigned to you lead you out of trouble, but it leads you in victory. Hold on, sit down now for a minute. Watch this now. Watch this now. Watch what he says. He says, now, they didn't hurt me because I was found innocent before him. But read the last part. And also, O king. In other words, Daniel saying, I'm not supposed to worship you. None of us are supposed to worship you. You don't ever worship your pastor, your bishop, your religion, or your church. Never, 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 never. He is the only one you ever worship. 
And anybody that tries to convince you that they know about God more than you, you just help them out. You say, you might know more scripture, but you don't know him better than me. I got a personal relationship with God. I've been walking with him myself. I know him. Come on, say it. I know him. Okay, maybe some of y'all don't. Let me help you out for about 60 seconds. Have you ever been in a spot where you know you shouldn't have made it out? You ever been in a relationship you know you shouldn't have made it out of that? You know you didn't deserve the job. You don't have the education for it, but you did it. God told you to do something that was stupid. You did it, and it worked. It worked. It worked. See, that's God. That's God showing up in your life. That's God making the impossible possible. That's how he does it. Yes. Okay, so now watch this. Watch this. Verse 23. Y'all okay? Verse 23. Got a couple minutes. Verse 23 says, Now the king was exceedingly glad for him. The king was glad for Daniel. And commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury whatever was found on him. Why? He knew there was a God big enough to bring him out of this. Mm -mm. He knew that there was a God that was big enough to bring him out here. Just say no sweat. No sweat. No sweat. Whatever I'm in, God knows I'm in it. Now watch this. Angels always win. Your God always sends help. <laughs> Some of you who know God and he's done it one time say he's doing it again. Let me go to these let me go to these Hebrew men. Let me finish this up. This is verse Arah. Let me see Arah. <laughs> This is Daniel 6, around the 15th verse. Watch this now. They're talking to the Hebrew men now. And the king asked them this question. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Now that, that takes a bit of guts for a devil or someone else to ask you. So who's going to deliver your business from my hands? An attack on your family. Who, who do you know that's going to deliver your family out of my hands? Oh, I got your family. I'm going to break this thing up. I'm going to split y'all up. I'm going to divide the children. And everything for the next 10, 10 generations you're supposed to do, not going to happen. And now that beast says to you, now who's going to deliver you out of what I set up for you? Who's going to do that? Who's big enough to do that? You're destroying generational curses in your family. And now the enemy is telling you, you bold enough to tell me you're going to be the one? I've had your family in my hands for 10 generations. Now you telling me you're going to be the one to break the curse. Uh-huh. Who's going to take your family out of my hands? I got y'all. I got y'all. I got your family. 
I had your great granddaddy, I had your great your granddaddy, I got had your daddy, I got you, and now I'm gonna take your boys. Who gonna deliver you from my hands? I'm gonna show you what to do with that in a minute. No, 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 let's just say it now. Who gonna deliver you from my hands? Say, I ain't worried about your hands. Because I've never been in the devil's hands. I've never been under his control. Never, never, never. It might look like it, but I've never been in his hands. I'm in God's hands. Even if my daddy don't have the sense enough to tell me that I'm not in the devil's hands, I know I'm not in the devil's hands. So, here, here we go. So, this is what happened to them. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Azariah, Mishael, and Hananiah. They're real names. They answered and said to the king, here's where I'm at. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. You're asking a stupid question. You think we're in your hands. You think we're in the devil's hands. Verse 17. If that is the case, listen to these guys. Our God whom we serve is able to deliver us. We got no problem. He can deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand. But, but if not, let it be known to you. We still ain't going to worship you. If we go in here and we die, if we're consumed in the fire, we are never going to worship you. How do you worship a fake God when you've been walking with the real one? Now watch this. Last one. But let it be known to you, we won't serve your gods, nor will we worship the golden image which you have set up before us. Verse 24. Then the king Nebuchadnezzar, once they were delivered from the fiery furnace, King Nebuchadnezzar, he rose in haste and he spoke saying to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound in the midst of the fire? Did we not put three in? Did, did we put three? Can I count? He's like, I know we put three in there. But I see four now. And, and they're not walking around in the fire screaming and yelling. He says, okay, tell your neighbor, stop screaming and yelling about where you is. I mean, where you are, what's happening. That's what children do. The worst whooping I get, and, and, I, and I don't whoop a lot growing up. You don't have to beat kids into submission. If you're beating them all the time, it means you're not parenting. But uh, <laughs> I digress. But one of the worst whoopings I gave one of my children, because this, the child needed it. It was in the moment that I realized they didn't believe I was the father. And I'm like, hold up. What happened here? You, you eat what you want to eat. 
You go where you want to go. And now you're scared that, the, that, that, that I can't take care of the house. That ain't going to happen. And if we struggle with this, I need to make sure you understand. I am father. I told my wife, turn all the lights on. Turn them all on. Every light everywhere in the closet. Turn them on. I said, cook a lot of food, more than we can eat. She started putting that food on the table. All the lights were on. I said, turn up the heat in this house. <laughs> Y'all like, you crazy. Uh-uh. I want my kids to be spoiled on the goodness of God by knowing they got a daddy in the house that knows God. Y'all done eating? Yeah, dad, what are we going to do with all this food? Mom going to put it in the refrigerator. We'll leave, eat it as leftovers. I want to tell y'all something. I want to teach you. God is faithful. And he's good. And his mercies endure. So here are the things I want you to get. Here are the things I want you to get. You ready? Write these down. Are you going to put them up one by one? Write these down. Here it is. If you really know God, if you really know him, if you know he's gracious, if he's still speaking, if he's loving, if he's king, if he's father, if you know him, you don't blame him for what's happening to you. Someone asked a friend, how are you able to live through this? How are you able to live through this? And the friend said to us, he said, I'm glad this happened to me. Because he said these words, if this has happened to one of you, you would be freaking out. He said, but I can handle it. You've been asking the question, why me? Question is, why not you? Why can't you go through something? Why can't you be in the lion's den and believe God? Why can't you be under fire and be walking around with God? They were walking in the fire. Huh? Well, why me? Say it. Why not me? Do you think someone else would have killed themselves if they had to go through what you went through? You were able to go through it. Because that's what you're made of. You'll stop blaming God for where you are. Number two. You'll presume that God already knows. It'll be a presumption. If I'm here, God has to know I'm here. Next, you will know he has a plan. If I'm in this, he has a plan. If I'm going through this, God has a plan. If, if we're going through this, God has a plan. Say it. If I'm going through this, God has a plan. If you know God, you will become comfortable with his will. Lord, grant me serenity. Grant me serenity. The courage to change the things I can and the, and, the, and the wisdom to not even try to change the things I'm not in charge of. And yes, then, give me the wisdom to know the difference. Allow me to accept this world the way it is and not how I would hope it to be. <laughs> teach me to teach this world like Jesus. This is what it is. I can't change that, but this is what I can change. And knowing the prayer of serenity, knowing that I just submit to your will, I'm going to be fine. 
Submitting to his will says you know him. You become comfortable in his will. I'm going to the lion's den. I don't want to go to the lion's den. I'm not excited about going to the lion's den. But if I got to go to the lion's den, I'm going to the lion's den. And I'm not going in screaming like a girl. And all the women said, we don't scream all the time either, Pastor. We have babies and we can take more than y'all can take. If I'm going into the lion's den, I'm not going in crying and afraid. I'm going to go into this place knowing that I know God. Next, I'll have no fear. Next, there'll be no debates. I'm not debating with Satan. I'm not debating with other people. I have nothing to prove to anybody. You don't have to prove to your friend that God is with you. I'll show you God is with me. Don't show them anything. You just stay with what God told you and let him do what he does. Last one. If you know God, you'd rather die than worship another way. <laughs> if you really know God, you'll never worship another God. You'll, you'll never do it. You just say, I just can't. No, I don't want to die, but I can't worship another God. I don't know another one like this one. This one stands alone in his sovereignty. He stands alone in his power. He created the entire universe and he holds it between his middle finger and his thumb. He holds it all in the span of his hand. It's all his. I can't not serve him. It's impossible for me. So here's my prayer for you today. I pray that God will give you a revelation of himself to you. Who do you say he is? Is he just a prophet? Or is he the son of God? Is he just a person that can tell you? Or is he a God that can make it happen? Is he someone that can put a dream in your mind and in your heart? Or is he a God that can bring it to pass? Which is he? Is he the one that can just tell you what's getting ready to happen in your life? Or is he the one that will protect you until it comes to pass? Which is he? If he's the one that cannot just give you a dream, but cause it to happen, what are you stressing about? Now, I'm telling you, someone said to me this week, you got a lot going on. You got a lot going on. And it sounds like a lot of pressure. And I said, really, what is it? <laughs> Somebody who knows me. And they start naming stuff that I was doing, trying to do, dreaming. And I started to feel anxiety. I said, shoot, that is a lot. I, I don't even, I mean, say that again. I mean, what? And he's saying, 
do you know what that means? Do you know? I mean, I said, no, I never thought of it. I, I just, I didn't think of it like that. I don't, I didn't see it like that. And man, for a minute, I was like, I need to slow my happy booty down. I need to go somewhere, sit down, drink some sweet tea and chill. And my wife says, amen. She's like, you got stuff in your head. And it's like, it's so much. And how do we put it together? Right, babe? How do we, I mean, how does that fit with that? And this with that and that with this and all that. Huh? Yeah, all that. Yeah. So she says, slow down. You need to slow down. So I need to slow down. And I realized that until somebody saw it from a different perspective, I didn't feel overwhelmed. So I'm asking God, there are lions everywhere, there are sharks everywhere, there's stuff, there's impossibilities, there's, you're trying to infiltrate an education system and a banking system and a health system and all these systems. And now you just think God's gonna just help you. <laughs> I had to go back to who I was. And that is, if God told me, I don't have anything to do with it. If, if, if God wants to give you a Walmart, why would you try to pay for it? You just need to know God, how he operates. He's the, we grew up in a church where we were reminded who God was. We sung the songs. He's the bright and morning star. He's the rose of Sharon. We, we talked about who he was so that the kids would know who he was. We went to Sunday school and we learned the name of God, the names of God, Elohim. We had Sunday school. We had YPWW. We had Sunshine Band. We had BTU. We had them classes. Y'all don't know nothing about nothing, do you? Y'all sit up here like, what did he talk about? We knew Elohim. We sung about him, and at the end of the song, we would say these words. You can't make me doubt him. And right now, I'm telling y'all, I'm telling y'all, I'm telling y'all, the stuff you're thinking about is too big for you to think about it. And it has nothing to do with you. Know him. 